Welcome to Hookah Chats with Matt and Ethan, a podcast where two friends catch up and talk about whatever nerdy stuff comes to mind, usually over hookah. Enjoy. And so I was catching him up on that. I'll tell you one of the stories because you'll get a kick out of it too. You'll, it's a very, it's a very, uh, it's one of those stories that like, I like, like when it happens to me, I'm like, oh yeah, here we go. You know, <laughs> I can educate somebody. Let me, uh, let me tell you what's going on uh, really, really quickly, Matt, in Twitter world. And then let's just dive into what we got in store. Cause okay. I saw, did you go see the violent films or was it just Amanda? No, that was Amanda. I had to stay home. I I'm had sorry for that. things to do. Well, <laughs> you got blister in the sun. Right. Um, <laughs> But uh, uh, so on Twitter, there's a, a, a journalist, Matt. I think her name is Christy. I, I only say I think because her first name's not on our Twitter handle. And so like I don't ever, I, only when people call her by her name do I get it. So I, I just know the handle. But she's a, a, a journalist who covers like evangelical abuse. So like she covers, you know, when like, church scandals break or when you know really bad shit's going down in like a mega church that that's what she'll cover and uh, which means that she's like nobody likes her in the evangelical world like she's like <laughs> she's like doom doom and gloom you know and plus she's trans which is even worse so like so she's so but but she one of the things that the, her relationship to the rest of twitter christian world outside of evangelical world is really interesting because a lot of Christians on Twitter that I respect um, usually will amplify stuff she's saying. And so like, she'll post a story on Twitter, this story dropped, you know, and she'll post a link to the article she wrote for CNN, or she posts a link to the article she wrote for, you know, whatever. And then, and then like some of the different certain like Christians on Twitter will like, will like copy, like copy that tweet and like, amplify it will like retweet it and be like people should be paying attention to what christy is doing this is really important work churches really have a lot to answer for we really gotta get better and so we have this sort of interesting relationship to her well yesterday or like two days ago she she just began to post really stupid shit like like she started talking about jesus and she was like you know what people are like we hate christians but we love jesus but i'm gonna be honest I don't like either of them. I don't like, I don't like Jesus. I I've read the Bible guys. I know how Jesus is. And Jesus is sometimes mean. He's, he's mysterious. He, he manipulates people. And I, I just can't, I just can't, can't handle it. And I don't think anybody should be listening to Jesus any more than Christians. And slowly, like all of these progressive black, brown, trans gay christians are like christy you have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> like, like, like very very softly very gently christy hello we think the work you're doing is really really important and good we're glad that we have that relationship with you you have no understanding of what you're saying i'm sorry <laughs> to tell you you don't understand how to read the New Testament. You don't even know how Christians read the New Testament. You you, you barely know how evangelicals read the New Testament. Like, <laughs> like, like you're not making sense in these three or four ways. If you want to keep talking about it, we should talk about it. Uh, what are you talking about? You know, stop trying to, try, you, 
you're just you're just baked into the Christian propaganda. Stop trying to defend Jesus. I've read the Bible. And everybody's like, yeah, you are approaching the Bible as a literalist and a fundamentalist, which would be an incorrect way of reading the Bible. <laughs> Christians for the last 2000 years have have a long tradition and history of knowing how to how to read this. You also don't seem to have any knowledge of how to of like Christology discourse, which is a real problem since this is what you're trying to do. And that's probably not going to go well for you. You need to relax. And she's just like freaked out on everybody. And everybody's like, Christy, I'm really sorry to tell you, but like, we understand that you don't respect us, but we respect you. Right. And so like, don't you think at one point in this relationship of us amplifying your work that you might, consult us about what it is christians believe like and 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 she's like you know she's kind of like i don't have to i'm the expert because i'm unbiased and detached and we're like no (laughs) no No, you're just you're just uninformed and ignorant (laughs) that's right that's right i'm really sorry to tell you but uh having no knowledge about a subject does not make you unbiased (laughs) right that just makes you ignorant makes you dumb and ignorant right like so uh, it was do you a think fun she time. was maybe doing that to as a provocateur you know was her motivation to to get, garner attention maybe or do you think she legitimately holds those beliefs and because I, um, I find that a lot of things online seem to be done for the explicit purpose purpose of like owning the libs or like firing people up or because people somehow get this shout and throw uh and enjoying watching other people's pain and misery or causing it i wonder if that had something to do with it it probably had a little bit to do with it um but like i i don't know christy well but like knowing what she's done up until this point and the stuff she her the work she does and the stuff she posts up to this point Christie's not what I would consider a generous reader of evangelicals, but like, I don't think she's, I wouldn't consider her uh, a pro, uh, you know, doing things like what you're provocateur, provocateur. Like I wouldn't. Well, consider that. Would you consider her having an agenda? No, that's an interesting question. I think that, I think that um, she's, so I think yes, but I think one of the things that is good about her like even now, like I'm not even all that mad at her. Like I just find it well, silly. I'm don't like, get like, mad at her. There's no point in getting mad at somebody yeah. over Twitter. It's just a waste of your time. <laughs> Absolutely, but like I would say that I think that she's pretty. She's pretty open about her past and about what led her to wanting to be a journalist covering evangelical churches and evangelical scandals. And so, like, I think that she has an agenda, but I don't think it's a hidden agenda. Like, I don't think that she's purposefully manipulative you know i think that she's she's like yeah she she does not think evangelical churches should be conducting their business the way they are and she wants to do her part to sort of correct that or or hold them accountable whatever i think that like a lot of um uh, uh people in this country who do not like christianity I think a lot of like a lot of people like that, like her, uh, fail to see nuance and fail to see that um, evangelicals make up this much of Christianity and this much of Christian history, a very small amount. 
and uh, and instead sort of say, well, if this is how evangelicals are and they behave, then everything outside of them are outliers. When it's actually the opposite. When, right. <laughs> when, and I think when, that yeah. that that speaks more to the point. The the fundamental misunderstanding is that Christianity is evangelicalism. Right. Right. And it it's so closely associated because uh, evangelicals are so you know forward and and so extroverted with their faith that uh, and they claim to be Christians mm-hmm. that. Uh, you know, that when when, a, when an individual who maybe wasn't brought up in the church or brought up with any kind of Christianity in their background, hears an evangelical speak, it's very easy for them to conceive the evangelical viewpoint as capital C Christianity. And right, without right. understanding, without understanding that it's, it's, you know, it's not. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And so she is being provocative. If she was attempting to be provocative, it was it would have generally been towards say major evangelical figures that, that she follows on Twitter or, or other people. And so if she was, and then she probably was really butthurt that they didn't go for her, but like all of us did who were like, hi, right. PhD in Christology here. Uh, no, you know, that, that would be, that would be well, that's wrong. probably because she fundamentally doesn't understand that, that, uh, evangelicalism is its own sect. Right, right. And I think you're right, which makes me upset because, you know, she's the journalist here. Like she should, I'm not saying the journalists who cover things should have intimate, uh, you know, specialized knowledge of everything. Uh, well, I am. I'm, I, I think if you're, <laughs> I, I would make that statement. If you're going to cover something and you're going to be considered an expert on something, you should probably know what it is you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's probably fair. That's That's probably fair. I guess what I more mean is like, I think you can be a competent journalist of, say, evangelical church scandals and not have a, uh, a, a master's level degree in Christian history and Christian theology. Sure. Um, and so, like, some of the highly technical debates that, like, I know about, you know, I, I actually don't need to know about it. Like, who cares, you know, but, but, right. like, but like, I don't think that she should know about it. I do think. This is what I do think is is true. I think it is um, ridiculous that that she struggles with with things that I think are really obvious about. Um, I think if any, if she really understands herself to be uh, unbiased, which I think is ridiculous and it's in and of itself, but if she sees herself in that way, then she should know at least a little bit of when the evangelical movement begins why it's set up the way it is you know where where these things come from that it's different than r- mainstream christianity <laughs> like right, you right. that much at least exactly right? exactly and like and if her problem really is with all of christianity which is totally cool like, yeah. like i'm not i'm not put off by that either then she should at least know what she's uh what she's what she has a problem with Right. Right. Like like this is one of the reasons why um, not that many people ask me this, but like the two times somebody has asked me this in 30 years, you know, who are the atheists that I like? Like I tell them, I'm like, oh, Nietzsche. Yeah. You know why Nietzsche is so good? It's because Nietzsche fucking knew what Christianity was like. like <laughs> right. And then rejected it. Like, right. I think he was wrong for rejecting it, but but he knew what was at stake. But at like, least he had a point. Right. Right. And- right. He had a point. He knew yeah. he, he he understood what Christianity was and and he knew that when he rejected it, 
um, he knew what he was rejecting, which is part of the reason why Nietzsche um, is, is actually really well loved by a lot of theologians after him because they go, yeah, Nietzsche gets it. Like when Nietzsche rejects religion in Antichrist, in his book Antichrist, he or rejects Christianity in Antichrist, he says, I reject Christianity because it, because it tells me that weakness should be praised instead of strength. Right. And, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's got it. He's got it. Yeah. And, and he rejects it. And so, and embraces or attempts to embrace um, a, a pre-Christian paganism, you know, and, and that, that's a lot of what the will to power is and all of Nietzsche's things. He ultimately fails. And that's sort of the big tragedy behind Nietzsche is he's this brilliant thinker. Um, but he fails at, at fully embracing a pre-Christian paganism because he just can't get Christianity out of his head because he lives <laughs> in a Christian world. And so like the more he tries, the more he tries to, to embrace the will to power and, and, and toss out these, you know, the, the, the poison of weakness in Christianity, the, the, the harder he discovered, the more he discovers that it's just baked into his life. Like he can't, he can't escape it, he, you know, at all. Um, and and like my favorite thing is before Nietzsche uh, sort of goes to the insane asylum because he spends the rest of his life at one point in an asylum because he, he goes yeah. nuts. Um, he uh, there's this great story and it's been confirmed. It's a true story. It's not just a legend. He he's like on the street and he's watching a cabbie, you know, like somebody who's you know like a somebody's bringing uh, has clients in the back of his carriage and. A, a horse is drawing the cab uh, a cabbie's horse like refuses to go like he won't do its job right and and so the cab the cabbie starts beating the horse with like a crop to get it yeah. to go and it's beating him over and over again and Nietzsche got so just like he was so distressed that he like threw his body on the horse to keep yeah. the guy from like beating him and and I love that story because I'm like but Nietzsche What's Power, wrong with you, right? brother? Like, like, like that horse is pathetic, you know. And he can't, he can't get it out of it. He, he can't not be moved, you know. Right. And I'm like, yeah, it's unfortunately the the poison of Christendom is here to stay. <laughs> and my point is, and and I think that's great and way more sophisticated than an atheist who who rejects Christianity in favor of social justice. Where I sit there and I go, friend, man, you you are so confused, like. Christians often suck and the church often sucks. But like, if you're going to reject Christianity and the God that Christianity says is true, you should probably also reject social justice. Like, like, because there's some, and you should probably also reject things like the importance of love and, you know, all of these other things, or, or it should at least go down on your list, you know, because other, because, Go for it. I think I think it has a lot to do with with people having agendas and asking loaded questions. I have a story about that myself this week. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's not exactly the same, but um, you, you know, I have a particular professor or uh, mm-hmm, instructor mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I I uh, go round and round with on a regular basis, and I really like him and respect him. But um, he's he's been really asking me a lot of socially uh, loaded questions the last couple Good. of days because. Typically speaking, 
Um, we have a, a 35 minute lunch period between classes, but the, the way my, my day is structured, the first part of my, my class is uh, uh, about 50 minutes before our lunch period. And then the remainder of the day is that same class. It's a lab, right? Okay. And it's just weird that we, we have to break it up in that fashion to take our 35 minute lunch period. But typically speaking, I don't usually eat lunch. So we usually BS throughout that, sure, that time sure. period. And he's always, you know, he, he, I, I swear he gets on, he gets on like whatever news media, Newsmax, whatever thing he gets on before class starts. And he starts interjecting these little statements as, as we're going through the beginning part of the, the first 50 minutes of the class. And I always just kind of chuckle and, and go along with it, you know, and he's, and he's, he's really funny. He really should do stand up. He, <laughs> he has some great good, good for him. But um, he's, he made the comment about five minutes before our lunch period, loaded question on purpose. And he was like, so, Matt, let me ask you a question. And I said, <laughs> yeah, what do, you, what, do you, what do you want? And he's like, do you think that if the people in a society deem their government to be unworthy, that they have the right to replace it <laughs> and i was like oh oh this is not i'm not gonna go to lunch today because <laughs> it was a loaded question right yeah it's a loaded and question. i said well i said well let's let's talk about that for a second and the rest of like my class rolls their eyes they're like oh shit here they go again <laughs> you know <laughs> right. and i'm like all right so I assume what you're talking about is you think that the United States government has become so corrupt and so uh, so mis misguided that it needs to be replaced. And I said, I do not believe that the uh, people have the choice to change their government because you are making the mistake in believing that uh, the people in our country want their government to change. You don't want your government to change. You say that you're in favor of democracy, but what you're not recognizing is that what you're talking about is autocracy. Right, and I right. said, if we are going to change our government, the question I have for you is, what are we going to change it to? Like, what system is going to be better? The people in our country already have the ability to change their government every two years and four years whenever we do our elections. We have not a problem with the government itself. We have a problem with the people that are in the government. And I said, when you have a person like Mitch McConnell, who comes into the into our government at the Senate level, which is a pretty important part of our government, and says, I will not work with that person, he is behaving in an undemocratic way. Not right wing, not left wing, not Republican, not Democratic. He is behaving in an undemocratic way because our system that we have in place is contingent upon cooperation, negotiation, and compromise. And when one party or another is refusing to do that and participate in that, they are no longer participating in the act of democracy. So if you're asking me if the government needs to be replaced, no, the government needs to follow its own rules and be a democracy. And if you're not in favor of that, then you are in favor of autocracy and you are already changing the government. Right. <laughs> right. But it was this loaded question. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and he had an agenda and he wanted to, he wanted to 
to be a provocateur on these things. And whenever I started talking to him about it, he's like, you're really raising some good points. Now we had a much longer conversation. I've just summed it up. Sure, but sure. Um, but it, it, it's, it's the same sort of uh, same sort of thing that somebody who who has been wounded by uh, uh, evangelicalism, somebody who's trans, for example, uh, they don't have a good history with with the church in general. And it's very easy to, uh, uh, to kind of go after the 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 thing most held sacred, which would be Jesus. Right. And sure. because because of your pain and your experience and, and your and your problems that you've had with the individuals in that in that system, but not the system itself. And it's very easy to confuse that with the system itself. So to to view Jesus as as the head of Christianity, if you will, is just, is the same as to view Joe Biden or Donald Trump as the head of the American government. Right. Right. Where, right. Where, where what we're really talking about isn't the system itself. The system itself is sound. The system itself works. It's the people involved in the system that are screwing it up and they're mm -hmm. they're 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 changing it. They're altering it. They're not doing it the right way. And that's what's causing your pain. And that's what's causing your, your, um, all the struggles that you have to go through. It's not the system. It's the people in the system or people manipulating the system. So in the same way that this, this woman, this Christie is worried about is, is lashing out, if you will, at, at, uh, Jesus Christ, it's the same way that my, my instructor is sort of lashing out at, at, at Joe Biden. And I'm saying, Look, you have to understand if we were doing it the right way, we wouldn't need we wouldn't be talking about replacing the, the, the government. We wouldn't be talking about right. replacing anything because we'd be you know, if you were willing to like lose an election. <laughs> right. If you're willing to lose an election because you believe in democracy, not not the politics that are going on, you know, not. But if you understand that. The, the process is the important thing and majority right. rules is the idea. Right. And sometimes you win and sometimes you lose, but you move on. Um, then we wouldn't be having these problems of division that we have right now. Right. Like, mm -hmm. do you remember whenever um, Al Gore lost the election in 2000 to George W. Bush and then all those Democrats stormed the Capitol? <laughs> yeah, me neither. No. <laughs> right. 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 So like, Come on, one one side is very clearly trying to follow the rules, at least, and the other one is throwing out the rules. And that's the one that claims to be patriotic. That's the one that claims to be, you know, uh, truth, justice in the American way, which I had, which my instructor brought that up. He said, well, what about truth, justice in the American way? And I said, well, you're thinking about Superman. Not yeah, the, you're not the, I was going to say not the Declaration of Independence. Right? That's not what the Declaration <laughs> of Independence says. Right. So like. You're fundamentally misunderstanding the rules and, and the system that is in place. And that is skewing your opinion and making you think that America has become a bad place. It's the very same thing that's going on with Christy. Uh, she is being misunderstanding. She's misunderstanding Christianity and reflecting all these negative opinions and negative experiences that she's had on a system that isn't responsible for those for those hurts, if you will. Sure, sure. And there's I think parallel that, for the day. <laughs> I, I like that parallel. I think there's I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. And I think that like like we're always evaluating systems. Like like I'll speak for the church for a second. 
the if if a if a system of the church really does not succeed in doing what it's designed to do, then of course we fix that. Of course it changes. Well, sure. Right? And uh, don't you know? misunderstand me. I mean, there oh, are certain systems that are not as good as other systems. That's just the way it is. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I do think it's. I do think the parallel you're drawing makes makes a lot of sense to me. That there there is a, a similar emotion. There's a similar um, uh, uh, sentiment that sort of is breeded. And, and comes out in people when they discover that, that oh, I don't know, maybe something that isn't supposed to make them feel bad makes them feel bad, right? Or when things, yes, when things don't go their right. way is, is one way. But like in the case of Christy, I have no doubt that she was seriously hurt by a church. I have no doubt about that. And that's, and that's wrong. Like sure. that's, that's no good. And I'm, and I, you know, as somebody who's a part of the church in general, like, feel that and understand that there is uh at least for christians a certain amount of responsibility that that we have in that as just being baptized people like i'm like yeah man absolutely but um i think that your analysis of of how your instructor is feeling is good um and and you and you able to you're you being able to tell him that this replacing of the government business is in some sense uh, a, a smokescreen. It's a made-up thing, like because yeah. nobody's nobody's thinking replace it with what, like you know, right. replace the government, like so re replace all the people in government with people that do what, with people that don't like democracy too, you know, like with people who who also will, uh, when when a minority of people in this country are mad will always go with them no matter what like is that what right. you want um yeah i i think that i think that that's a good point and you know me like part of my like you you know that i'm super far to the left but you also know that i've really come around on you know the kind of democratic system front where i'm like no no you know whatever socialist rebellion that needs to happen is not a rebellion against democracy friends and say it's, <laughs> it's right. a it might be a rebellion against capitalism but those two things do not go hand in hand all the time like like it's right. one of those things yeah i don't know i think that's yeah i think that's good i'm glad you had that conversation with yeah them. and one of the one of the other points we were talking about was uh um we something that we touched upon it was a couple of episodes ago i think we were talking about um how how you don't you don't want um, particular groups in this country to not be able to express their opinions, no matter whether you agree with them or not. Like we, we started talking about the Texas abortion thing. Right. Right. And right, I was right. like, you realize that as a person who claims to be an independent, patriotic American who wants to preserve his rights, that you're actively endorsing stripping your rights from other human beings and other citizens of the country. Right. And it's not about what that right is. It's about that that right can be threatened, right? right? If that right can be threatened, what other rights can be threatened? You know, he's a big time gun guy. And I was like, so what if they decide, well, that's not going to happen? Well, no, think about it. We're talking about one of the few places in the world where the minority has say, has a seat at the table in the United States, right? The minority is the Republican Party. I hate to tell you, I said, if you if you look at the demographics of the United States, like I, I don't know the exact figures, I don't remember them, but I think sure. it was like 30, 36 percent were um, 
Republican, something like 42% were Democrat and the rest were sprinkled amongst the different parties and stuff. And right, I said right. for, for the Republican party to be the clear minority party in the United States and still weird so much political, wield so much political power is a testament to our liberal democracy. Because if you were in a different country and you were the, you were the party that was not in power, you would not have a seat at the table. There would not be a right. choice. And if if you want to go that route, when the Democrats are in power, they very well may take your guns because you won't have a way to stop them. Right. But that, that's not the way our system works. Why would you want to replace that? You know, we have a system where everybody has a seat at the table. They may not all get their result that they want and they may not all enjoy each other's company all the time. But at least you have a voice. At least you have a say. At least you have a, a at least you can participate. Even if you're not in power, you can participate. And I said, so people like Mitch McConnell really bugged me. People yeah. like people like Matt Gates and Jim Jordan really bugged me because they want to annihilate that civil society that we've built, that we've had for 250 years, and that you purport to endorse, that you purport to to love. When you say, I love my country, I love the flag, you know, and I said, think about your Pledge of Allegiance, right? You pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. A republic is what mm -hmm. we're pledging our allegiance to, not the flag. We're right, right. The flag is just a symbol of that republic. And that republic represents what? One nation under God, indivisible. This is what you're, play, you're, you're pledging allegiance to whenever you place your hand on your heart and you look up lovingly with doe eyes at the flag, right? Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and, and you're completely rejecting that by trying to silence voters or by trying to strip the rights away from women or by trying to, uh, you know, improperly dis, dis, uh, disseminate funds across uh, agricultural, you know, <laughs> right, right. whatever, exactly. whatever. Exactly. You're, you're going against that very credo that you that you purport that you claim to to love and and how can you how can you do that and he was like yeah you're raising some really good points and i was like yes i'm cracking the armor finally <laughs> yeah i know i am like <laughs> exactly well and and i think that i think that that goes to show how how right we are about the way right-wing propaganda works right right like the more people are insulated the more they're insulated like that so like lots of studies show this right the one of the thing one of the differences in news practices between left leaning people and and right leaning people is that left leaning people tend to get their news from many sources yeah and so and so it, it, there is there there can't really be i'm not saying there is no such thing as left wing propaganda but there oh, can't there really is, there, but... there there definitely is but there can't there can't really be the one centralized left wing machine you know, well, at and, least and on the news on the news cycle. I, I agree with you. And I think that um, a lot of that has to do with the way that uh, a left leaning mind is trained. Right. A left leaning mm -hmm. mind is typically more suspicious and more cautious about right. um, the validity of that information. We have a bigger tent on the left. Right. We, we can't do. put mm -hmm. out we can't put out uh, a basic statement and have everybody fall into line in March because we have just as much bickering and complaining and fighting amongst ourselves on the left as we would with any republican so as a result we're forced to, in, in in this coalition on the left we're forced to accept other ideas 
and to vet our sources and to be considerate of others because the left casts such a, a large blanket over so mm. many different opinions and so many different ideals and so many different influences. And the right is a much more homogenous uh, party, right? So right. I, I think it's, it, there's room in the, in, the, in the left for people from the right. I completely agree. There, there's room for that discussion on the left. There is mm-hmm. not on the right, you know, and I and I feel like whenever people ask loaded questions like Christy or like uh, my instructor, when they ask these loaded questions, I feel like there's some sort of innate want to engage mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. to um, maybe it's just to conquer. Maybe that's what they intend to do. But they always tend to step on landmines because they're not prepared for the response that they receive. And right. once they receive that response, they start to question their own values and morals. I know for a fact that my instructor was thinking about his claims of patriotism and his love of country and what that really meant after our conversation. I know. And we may not agree on the Texas abortion thing. We may not agree on mask mandates and we may not agree on all these things. But one thing that we were able to touch base that I was able to reach him on was you're talking about the fundamentals of democracy. This is what you pledge allegiance to. This is what you claim to love. And mm-hmm. you're you're usurping that if you do this, that or the other thing. And I think that struck a chord. I, I'm glad I, it sounds that way. I think that's good. One of the most important books that I've read since becoming a PhD student uh, is a is a really long and difficult book called uh, Tradition and Democracy mm-hmm. by a guy by the name of Jeffrey Stout, who's at Princeton, mm-hmm. and uh, and and he's a he's a political liberal, like he's a guy I've in actually the heard of Jeffrey Stout. I think I saw him on like Bill Maher's program or something. I can believe that. I can totally <laughs> believe that. Actually, yeah. like. Like he's a he's a he's a real he's a real life political liberal. He, he leans to the left, but he he would you, you could not mistake him for a revolutionary or a or a reactionary or anything like that. But like it, it's one of the most important books I've, I've I've read since becoming a PhD student because because it, it's 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 a really frank sort of look at the stuff that you and I are talking about here. Where mm-hmm. you know remember guys what is what is democracy. How how do we what do we do with it? What does it mean? Where where is where does it come from? What are its roots? And what do and we also, do without it? <laughs> and exactly. And that's the thing. And also, this is why we don't want to lose it. Like one of the things that I really appreciated from him, and I read it uh, my first semester. So I read it uh, in 2020, uh, a couple of months before, um, you know, Trump Trump declared victory after he lost. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Jeffrey Stout was like, "Hey guys, like democracy is really fragile. It, it it's actually not terribly strong because all it takes is for enough people to stop practicing democracy, and then it all falls apart because we don't we don't have armed military personnel making sure we vote the right way, and so we can just." vote the wrong way you know (laughs) or 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 we don't we don't have uh police policing the way we debate and so we can debate by screaming lies at each other if we really wanted to you know we we don't have we don't have a a, uh 
a requirement to even know what you're talking about when you walk into the ballot box. I can be the most politically exactly. educated person in the world and somebody that doesn't know the names of the people on the ballot, they their weight is the same. Uh, exactly. It's my vote. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. And and in this book, he's he's basically like th- this is why um when when people talk about a a civically educated voting populace it, it's it's important it, they mean what they mean it they they don't mean now on the right you have a movement where they're like we need to make sure that the people who vote know what they're talking about that's why only landed white men can vote you know like 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 right. on the <laughs> you've got that mm-hmm. um but like but like this is why something like public education is actually good for democracy or <laughs> right. why or why all these things are good but what what really stands out to me from this book is this is this sense of um, democracy is a practice. We, we practice democracy. We, we practice and value these, these things like honesty in debate and um, civility in discourse. It doesn't mean that we don't get passionate, but it does mean that we don't say things like Hillary Clinton is a baby murderer. <laughs> you know, right. like we, we don't say, we don't or, say those things. Or you're not an American if you don't believe in this, that, or the other. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Because those things, and Jeffrey Stout says this, those things are illiberal and anti-democratic. And the more they compound and the more we allow them to happen, that's what begins to fuck everything up. Like, right. like, and you don't, and if, and if, and if those things go away, trust me, you do not want that. Right. You do not want that to go away because that means that at any given moment, it's done. At any given moment, military coup. It's over. You know, like right. at any given moment, um, rights gone. They're gone. It's just it's yep. done. You can keep saying what you want, but you will be thrown into jail. You know, like, like <laughs> that's, that's what will happen. And and um, Jeffrey Stout wrote this book in 2006, but I always wondered um, how if he would how he would rewrite it now. And I think that I think that he would probably definitely use Trump as an example. But right. I think that he would spend more time talking about how fragile democracy is. And I think he'd right. be like, guys, like we we have it right here. Here, here. Ultimately, there was no coup because enough people said no no we're still going to practice democracy right but if they didn't there might have been a coup right then what, what then what were we going to do <laughs> right. like, then what the what then what's the plan and i'm like yeah there's got to be more democracy the answer is actually more democracy the right. answer is actually more of the stuff that risks and i think that's the stuff that this is why the right has has been able to mobilize so many folks into being anti-democratic because they i think i think so many folks on the right are convinced i just mean like the regular people now i don't mean politicians but i think so many regular people on the right have been convinced that democracy can lead to evil things and that maybe we need less of it right you know and and that's the part that um you know is scary because uh that's just not that's just not true. The, the more you tell people that, the more it really will lead to evil things. Like Hitler was voted democratically. Yeah, you're right. After the, after the Weimar Republic was so horribly weakened by fascism, <laughs> you're right. You were right. Hitler was voted <laughs> in. Yeah. That was after 
15 years of constant attack and constant undermining. And he was you know? voted in by a minority, by the way. And he was voted in by a minority. <laughs> so yes, you are correct. You are correct. But but you know how stuff like that doesn't happen? Peaceful transition of power. Um, I call it uh, debating in the way that I call the John McCain rule. Yeah. Um, if in the midst of a debate or a town hall meeting, Somebody on national television says, I think your opponent is an evil Muslim. It doesn't matter if you get to, if, if you score more political points by agreeing with her, you shut her down and be like, yeah, no, ma'am. That and is that's not the way true. that's the way it ought to be. And to mm. be fair, um, that's the way it would be on the left. Like the left would be like, no, you can't. No, you can't do that. Right. Mm. Because like we have enough people and like i said we have a big enough tent that like somebody's going to call you on that like you gotta oh for sure you gotta step on that right and and like john mccain uh, mitt romney i i don't believe i don't agree with them politically on just about anything i i, I don't believe that anything politically that i agree with them on except that except mm -hmm. that that civility needs to be there it's it's fundamental to our democracy right now tomorrow i don't know if you're aware but um, it's been a big deal here is Constitution Day. You heard? <laughs> I've never heard of that. Tell me about oh, yeah. it. It's a thing. Um, apparently, uh, the Biden administration, I, don't, I didn't see this myself. This is just what I've been told. Um, the Biden administration said that any school that is receiving public money has to do some sort of Constitution Day recognition thing. Right. And uh, tomorrow at my trade school that I'm going to school for electrical engineering and maintenance technology, uh, we have to watch a video uh, for something for Constitution Day. Now, to me, this sounds a lot like government propaganda. Right. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and I'm like, boy, I can't wait to see how all the right wing guys I'm sitting around absorb constitution day because <laughs> right. you know, it's going to be a big, you know, USA jerk off for them. And they're not going to even bother to read the constitution. I bet. <laughs> so, it, exactly. Exactly. I'm looking it's forward that. tomorrow. I think, it, and I'm tired today, man. I had a long day today. I had a sure. math test this morning. I, I got done with, I had a conversation with a, a draining conversation over lunch. Right. I, I left, I picked up, I got my daughter off the bus. I went immediately to work. I was doing electrical work and I got done with that at like seven o'clock. I had to go to McDonald's, which I hate for dinner because my family had already eaten. So I had to get something in my stomach. I had to sit at that freaking drive through at McDonald's for half an hour. I was in the line this, for a half an hour. At is this the one on old by old town? Yes. Yeah, Old that that, that place that place is shit, man. I, that place know, is I, awful. I I feel bad for people that work at McDonald's only making a couple of bucks an hour and they keep wanting the $15 an hour minimum wage, but Jesus Christ, these guys are not worth it. They're just not. But anyway, so I'm sitting there for a half an hour waiting for my burnt cheeseburger and my cold ass fries, and then on the way home I'm coming up Anna's Hill and I hit a fucking deer. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, well that's terrible <laughs> so then I, then I was like i gotta get home so i can do the podcast and i fucking plowed a deer and fortunately i didn't do much damage to my vehicle and the deer survived it bounced off and, and ran off into the woods 
happy. But I spilled my fries that I waited for a half an hour for all over of the floor of my car. And then I got home and I had to run up here and get on the thing. But and so of all this stuff, I still got to get a shower because I stink because I've been working and I, I stink. So I'm going to get a shower. Then I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to enjoy uh, propaganda day at propaganda. the trade school. <laughs> because I mean, it's just amazing to me. Like, for, I, I'm paying to go to this school, right? I mean, sure, they may receive federal dollars for financial aid or whatever, but I didn't, I'm, I'm going to school to be an electrician, not to have like civics class, right? That right. should already have been done. Like, what are we, why, why, why are we doing this? And I, I, and I, and I don't think, and the worst thing is, I don't think it's going to be done in good faith. I think it's going to be done in, in, in its weird propaganda way. I don't yeah. know. I haven't been there, but uh, that'll be next week's rant i'm sure <laughs> i'm excited to hear about it i think that i we, we got to wrap up uh but yeah. like i think that uh i think that th this i've never and like and i and i blame my parents for this my parents are just have always never really been ultra patriotic my great-grandfather was a notorious draft dodger for world war ii yeah. and like and he like lied his ass off was like no you put me in that you put me over in germany and i will desert like like i will do it i don't care that they're nazis fuck them you know so like we just don't have a strong patriotic vo like bone in our in our body but i've never understood that i've always been baffled by this i'm like what are we doing like why are we why do we do that uh let me finish let me wrap this up with with one last story on twitter so listeners matt has a secret twitter i i do not share it around good luck finding it You'll never find it. But for a little while, I thought that Matt had a, a second Twitter life because I found a Twitter account called uh, I think it's just called Bill of, the Bill of Rights Twitter. Yeah. And and all what this is, is it's um, at this account. Anytime somebody invokes a right or that's in the Bill of Rights wrongly, the account chimes in and goes, my job is to protect you from the United States government, <laughs> you know? Like, like, and, and so like somebody posted this thing about um, uh, 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 France uh, banning um, um, unvaccinated American citizens from traveling to France. And, and somebody retweeted it like this thing and was like, was like, this is a violation of, of my first amendment or, or whatever. And, 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 and right underneath the bill of rights is like, I protect you from the United States government, not from France, you know, <laughs> and, and, or, or like, uh, or, or like something like Dick sporting goods will no longer sell guns. And somebody's like, somebody's like, somebody should tell Dick sporting goods about the second amendment. I protect you from the United States government, not Dick Sporting Dick Goods. Sporting you know? goods right? <laughs> and, then, and I'm like, yeah, I love it. I love it. Maybe, maybe it is me. You never know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It could be. It could be Matt. I'm, sounds like something I'd do. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But it's been fun. All right. I'm going to wrap us up so we can go and do our things uh, yes. at, at in our houses. Friends, this has been another episode of Hookah Chats with Matt and Ethan. We will see you next time. <laughs>